0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7, the last part of the verse, he said, for even Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now I'm going to invite you to turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 12 because if Jesus is the Passover, the fulfillment of the Passover, then we need to know something about the Passover. So let's see if we can figure out what the importance and the significance is. Exodus chapter 12, verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month they shall take to them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the household be too little for the lamb... Let him and his neighbor next unto his house take it according to the number of souls, every man according to his eating shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, and you shall take it out from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take up the blood and strike it on the two side posts and on the upper door posts of the houses wherein they shall eat it, and they shall eat the flesh in that night roast with fire and unleavened bread and with bitter herbs shall they eat it eat not of it raw nor sodden that means boiled it all with water but roast with fire his head with his legs and with the depuritance thereof and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it until the morning you shall burn with fire and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet and your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste and you shall keep it in the feast of the Lord throughout, keep it a feast of the Lord throughout your generations. You shall keep it a feast by ordinance forever. Then he gives some instructions about uh, seven days. They shall purify their homes and of everything that's unclean and the unleavened bread instructions and, and so forth. But the things I want you to see is this is the last of the ten plagues of Egypt whereby God brought his people the Jews, out of bondage by a strong and mighty hand. Now the Bible tells us that the, the Old Testament uh, events are types and shadows for us. That means they serve as examples for us under the New Covenant, something that signifies what Jesus has done for us. So the deliverance of the children of Israel from Egypt signifies the new birth. First Corinthians chapter 10 tells us specifically that Israel was baptized in the Red Sea when they crossed over and you remember the story about how Pharaoh and his armies chased after him and they were drowned into the sea. Well, that's a type of the new birth. The deliverance from the bondage of Egypt, Egypt is a type of the world, is a, an example or a picture, an Old Testament picture of the new birth where man is delivered from sin and spiritual death. Now, I want you to notice some things about this Passover. Notice it didn't belong to him just because they were Jews. Each one irrespective of their genealogy, their lineage, their heritage, had to apply the blood for themselves and for their household. And the Bible speaks specifically of God passing over and protecting them because he sees the blood. Now, what does that tell us? That tells us they deserve death just like Egypt did because of sin. But God made a way for them to escape that death. And the way to escape that death was through the blood. Now, Psalm 105, verse 37 tells us what the end result of this keeping of the Passover was. It says in Psalm 105, verse 37, And he brought them forth with silver and gold, and there was not one people among them. Now, How do you get a group of people that numbers anywhere from 2 to 7 million people, depending on whose estimates you want to accept? How do you get a group of people that large without any sick people in there? In Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, immediately after they're brought out of the bondage of Egypt, Pharaoh's armies have been destroyed in the Red Sea. They sing their song of gratitude to, to the God who saved them, who delivered them. But after a few days, they come to a place where there's no drinkable water. And so the people began to complain and wonder what's going to happen now. God shows Moses what to do about the situation. He and he tells him to cast a certain tree, a specific type of tree, which is a type of the cross of Jesus, into the waters. And the waters were made pure. That's a type of Jesus being sent to the earth to purify the way for man to reach God. And the Bible says that God made an ordinance for them. He instituted a statute unto them that day. In other words, that means he made a law that will never change. He said, if you'll keep my words and keep my commandments and do good in my sight i will keep from you all the diseases of the world for i am the god that healeth thee first name god identified himself to his people i am the lord that healeth thee now let's fast forward a little bit turn with me to first chronicles chapter 30 we're going to fast forward 765 years during that 765 years israel has taken the promised land they've driven away all their enemies but then they set up kings, David, Solomon, his sons, and so forth. And the kingdom became divided because of disobedience to God, the failure to keep his word, and Israel eventually goes into bondage. Now I want you to see what happens in, uh, uh, where are we? First Chronicles chapter 20, chapter, I'm sorry, Second Chronicles chapter 30. I'll get it right in a minute. In verse 1, Hezekiah is the king of Israel. And Hezekiah is trying to do right. He's trying to restore some of the things, uh, worship of God and so forth. He tears down some of the altars to the idols and groves and different things like that. He's the one that has a, a great part in the rebuilding of the temple. And it says, And Hezekiah is sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover under the Lord God of Israel it's been seven hundred and sixty five years since the last since the institution of the Passover For the king had taken counsel and his princes and all the congregation in Jerusalem to keep the Passover in the second month. Now, if you remember it was supposed to have been done in the first month of the year, that tells what some of the response to his uh, uh attempt to get Jerusalem or get all of Israel to come back to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. Some people accepted some people didn't. Skip down with me to verse, uh, verse 15. Then they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and Levites were ashamed and sanctified themselves and brought in the burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. And they stood in their place after their manner, according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests sprinkled the blood which they received at the hand of the Levites. For there were many in the congregation that were not sanctified Therefore the Levites had charge of the killing of the passovers for everyone that was not clean to sanctify them unto the Lord. For a multitude of the people, even many of Ephraim and Manasseh, Issachar and Zebulun, had not cleansed themselves. Yet did they eat the passover otherwise that it was written. But Hezekiah prayed for them, saying, "The good Lord pardon every one that prepareth his heart to seek God, the Lord." God of his fathers, though he be not cleansed according to the purification of the sanctuary. Now, very simply, this means this. The people did not go through the ritual of the seven days of cleansing their houses and the unleavened bread and things like that. They're partaking of the Passover at the wrong time, not the first month and the tenth day when God told them to do it, but the second day, second month and the fourteenth day. The priests hadn't prepared themselves properly or appropriately. In other words, they're doing everything wrong according to the way God said to do it. But their heart was right in the reinstitution of Passover. Now notice verse 20. Notice how God responded to this. And the Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. The Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Now this word healed is a Hebrew word that means to cure or to mend. It's used 68 times in the Old Testament. Every time it's used concerning a physical condition. It's the same word in Exodus fifteen twenty six. I am the Lord that healeth thee. It's a different tense, but it's the same word. It's the same word that's used in Psalm 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. It's the same word that's used in Second uh, Kings chapter 6, I believe it is, when Elisha threw salt into the waters of Jericho to purify or to cleanse the, the waters that were poisonous. It's the same word that's used in Isaiah 53, 5 which says with Jesus' stripes, by his stripes you were healed. It always refers to a physical condition. So when it says the Lord hearkened unto unto Hezekiah and healed the people, there's only one possible meaning from this and that is the same thing that we see in Exodus chapter 12 and Psalm 105 verse 37 that healing came through the Passover.
0: Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing.
1: Jesus said the kingdom of God is as a man speaking the word of God into his heart. You exercising your authority in the name of Jesus by whom you have access into the kingdom of heaven to say that for you, You are free from the influence of sickness and disease.
0: Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.
1: Healing, physical healing, bodily healing, For the people of Israel came from the Passover, through the Passover. Now notice it says that he healed the people. Psalm 107 verse 37 again, he brought them forth with silver and gold. We remember what happened there. After the uh, Passover night is over and the firstborn of every household dies, the children of Israel went from house to house saying, we're leaving now, give us what you owe us. And the Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians. The people wanted to get them out of there so bad, they gave them everything they had. And so they came forth with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble person among them. There was not one sick. There was not one infirmed. Now, you've got old people in this crowd, but even the old people were strong enough to make the journey to the promised land. Everyone was healed, not one sick or feeble among them. Now, I know the modern-day church likes to say, well, God can heal, but you never know who he will. And since most of the people in the church are sick, must not be very many of them. But God healed them all. The example that we've got through the Passover is that God provided healing for everyone. There was not one sick or feeble person among them. Here in 2 Chronicles chapter 30 and verse 20, it says, The Lord hearkened to Hezekiah and healed the people. Well, that wouldn't be some of the people or else you couldn't say it that way. The fact that it says he healed the people means he had to heal them all. And Christ was our Passover sacrifice for us. Jesus, according to Paul, is the fulfillment of the Passover ordinance, the Old Testament ordinance, where healing was provided to all the people. Fast forward to the New Testament. Jesus comes to the earth. He's anointed of the Holy Ghost when he's baptized by John in the Jordan River. The Holy Ghost descends on him in bodily shape as a dove. That means something came down from heaven and landed on Jesus and stayed there. And everybody was aware of it. There was a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And from that time forth, Jesus began to do healings and miracles everywhere he went. Or at least he tried to do them everywhere he went. So much so that he said in Luke chapter 4 and verse 16, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He preached the anointing of God upon himself. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me. What are you anointed to do, Jesus? To heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind. He's anointed to set people free and to heal the sick. And it's so much so in prevalence. Healing is so prevalent. Then in John chapter 3, it tells us that one of the Pharisees, Nicodemus, came to Jesus under the cover of darkness in the middle of the night. And he said, Master, we know that thou art a rabbi teacher come from God, for nobody can do these kind of miracles unless God is with them. In other words, he says, there's no explanation for the works and the miracles and the healings that you're doing, except God be with somebody. That's the only possible way that somebody could do the stuff you're doing. God has to be with them. Turn with me over to 1 Corinthians chapter 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul makes an interesting comment and teaches us something about the communion. At the time Paul writes this, there are three gospels that are prevalent and well-known, widely distributed. The first gospel that was written was the gospel of Mark. Mark was a disciple of and the nephew of Peter. And so it's a second-hand account of what Peter saw and experienced in Jesus' walk on the earth. The second gospel that was written according to historical records was the gospel of Matthew. Matthew gives us an eyewitness account. He was one of the 12. He gives us an eyewitness account, and it was primarily written for the Jews along with the gospel of Mark. And then the third account is the gospel account of Luke. Now, Luke was a member of Paul's company. We don't know exactly when the writing When the gospel of Luke took place. But we do uh, understand that it had to be the third one. Somewhere between Matthew and John. John was the last one. And he came in and kind of filled in the gaps. And told us some things that the others didn't tell us. But in both Matthew, Mark and Luke's gospel. Jesus is recorded at the last supper. By saying the same thing. This was the Passover ceremony. The Passover feast. Jesus explained that he had desired. Greatly to experience and enjoy this feast together knowing that he was going to the cross but he wanted to enjoy it with his disciples and each of those three accounts Jesus said this do in remembrance of me in other words he's changing what we're supposed to remember he's changing the remembrance of when Egypt the power of Egypt was destroyed over the the forefathers and Israel was brought out to the promised land to fulfill the type, to remember when we were brought out of the bondage of spiritual death and translated into the kingdom of God. Now, Paul tells us the same thing or something similar. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, let me start reading in verse 23. Paul said, For I have received of the Lord that which I also delivered unto you. Now, please notice what he's saying. He's saying, Jesus himself told me this. That's what it means, I've received of the Lord. It means Jesus told me about the Last Supper. Why? We've got Mark's account. Then we had Matthew's account. Then we've got Luke's account. We've got three Holy Ghost-inspired accounts that tell us virtually the same thing about the Last Supper. Why does Paul need special revelation about the Lord's Supper and communion? There's got to be some reason that the Holy Ghost would manifest himself and miraculous way for Paul to say I received of the Lord the same thing that I'm going to deliver to you why would he need something else why wouldn't he say now Matthew and Mark and Luke tell us about the Lord's Supper those letters were available widely known widely accepted widely distributed what's the revelation well let's see what he told it. for I received of the Lord the same thing that I've delivered unto you that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that. After the same manner also, he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us that. For as often as you eat this bread. Now here's Paul's teaching. Here's his commentary on what the Lord has revealed to him. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. That's what do this in remembrance of me means. It means it's not about the Passover lamb in Egypt anymore. It's about the Passover that was sacrificed for us, Jesus Christ. It's not about the blood on the doorpost. It's about the blood of Jesus cleansing your life. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, because this is true, wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. Now, the word unworthily means a manner or attitude. In other words, he's saying if you eat the Lord's supper, partake of the Lord's supper with the wrong attitude, then you're guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. See, it's not a matter of being worthy. The blood of Jesus makes you worthy and it's the only thing that can make you worthy. It's talking about attitude. It's talking about the manner in which they're partaking. What they think and what they believe about these elements that Jesus said represented his body and his blood. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, same thing, wrong attitude, wrong manner. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh condemnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, he's very simply saying the attitude that you need to protect of the Lord's Supper with, the attitude you need to have about the Passover that's celebrated by the Lord's Supper, by what we call communion, is one that recognizes that the body and the blood of the Lord were sacrificed for us. And unless you discern the Lord's body, the importance and the significance of the elements and the fact that we're all brothers and sisters in the family of God, the brothers and sisters that make up the body of the Lord. So he's talking about two things. He's talking about what we believe about what Jesus did for us and our love walk toward one another. Then we're not discerning the Lord's body. And that brings condemnation to us. Now, what is the end result of that condemnation? Notice in verse 30. For this cause, not discerning, recognizing what Jesus did and what he sacrificed himself for. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you and many sleep. The word sleep means die prematurely. So, folks, I want you to understand something. This is the revelation. This is why he received of the Lord the same thing that Matthew, Mark, and Luke tell us about in the Gospels. The revelation is it's a right understanding, it's a right attitude of the body and the blood of the Lord, not just the blood that covered the doorposts in the Old Testament type, but the flesh of the lamb that was eaten for the strength of the journey, the flesh of the lamb that brought healing and health to all of Israel, the same flesh That brought healing and health 765 years later to the children of Israel in Hezekiah's day. That brought healing and health. For this reason, not discerning the Lord's body, not rightly appropriating what Jesus paid for, what Jesus sacrificed himself for, physically as well as spiritually. The Bible says for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the shame of the cross and the suffering thereof. There was something he was looking forward to at the end of that suffering. That was worth it, that made it worth it for him to go through the pain and the agony. It's not surprising that victims of Roman flogging often died. Now, folks, the word that's used in Isaiah 53, that's translated into the King uh, James English language, with his stripes we are healed. That word stripes is the word bruise. And it's a very specific term. And it means very simply this. Well, the technical definition is the mark of the blow. But it means this. It means that if there were any two stripes or marks left on Jesus' back that could be distinguished one from the other, then this word could not have been used. It means that there was no tissue left on his back in any form whatsoever. Maybe the greatest... In indication of the severity of this and remember Jesus was being crucified as being called the king of the Jews so whatever these Roman soldiers had against the Jews here's their opportunity to take it out on the one that's being called the king when Jesus is raised from the dead he's a happy guy this is the joy that was set before him and the scourging that he took on his back, the suffering that he endured on the cross, and the three days of punishment that he suffered to satisfy the eternal claims of justice for mankind and his sins. Now all that's over. Jesus comes back to the earth and says, all hail. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. What's he happy about? He's happy because death has been defeated once and for all. He's happy because of what the Bible says in Colossians 1.13. God has delivered us from the power of darkness, from the authority of every bit of darkness, every authority, every power of sickness and disease, every bit of power that the devil has, every bit of power that the devil could ever hope to have. We've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus is happy because now the way is open for us to come to the Father. so that we can say we are of God, like First John 4, 4, we are of God, little children, and have overcome them, meaning all the power of the devil, because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. He's a happy man because he knows once and for all the power of spiritual death and the consequences thereof, sickness and disease, poverty and lack. Every bit of the power of the devil, every bit of any power that's held us in bondage, has been delivered, we have been delivered from, has been defeated once and for all. He's got something to be happy about. So what does he say? All power is given to me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to all nations. He that believeth and receives Jesus, that's what baptized means there, doesn't mean water baptism. He that believes and receives Jesus shall be saved, he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. First thing he mentions is they'll cast out devils. First sign is to exercise authority over the devil. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And the last of the five signs that he said follows believers in his name, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and the sick shall recover. Christ is our Passover sacrifice for us. Just as real and just as surely as healing was provided through the Old Testament sacrifice, healing is provided through the Lord's Supper now when we rightly discern the Lord's body. Do you know Him? Have you found the blood of Jesus and applied the blood of Jesus to your doorposts? It's not enough to be a church member any more than the Old Testament Passover was enough to be a Jew. The blood had to be applied. How do we do that? Well, Paul says if we'll simply believe the Bible account that God sent Jesus to the earth, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and that God raised Him from the dead. If we'll believe that and confess with our mouth, Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we shall be saved. The Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses, and with His stripes we were healed. Healing is already yours. Take hold of it by faith in the name of Jesus today. Thanks for watching. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church.
0: This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb.
1: He wavered not through unbelief, but waxed strong through faith. How do we know he was strong in faith? Giving glory to God. Verse 21 And being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed or counted unto him for righteousness.
0: Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6.00 p.m. Or Wednesdays at 7.00 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word